News. 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 New York City. FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. It's FAQ NYC, the New Yorkers podcast from the newsroom by and for New Yorkers. The city. I'm Dr. Christina Breer, back with Harry Siegel and Katie Honan. Hello, gang. Hi, Christina. Hello. Happy, Happy New Year. Year. Happy New Year. They're going to help me kick off 2024 with a rundown of just some of the news from another jam-packed few weeks since we last spoke. Mayor Eric Adams introduced an executive order over the holiday that, in effect, made it a crime for buses to drop migrants off in New York City outside of certain hours or without announcing that they were coming with more than a day's notice. The result? Numerous buses were dropping off migrants at train hubs in New Jersey, and those migrants then made their way across the Hudson and into the city. The mayor is down to a 28% approval rating, but he ended his second year with a straightforward message. Jobs are up. Crime is down. Those are both true, even as the city has yet to recover its pre-pandemic baselines. The mayor was in Times Square for the ball drop, sharing that message on New Year's Eve, and he was joined at the moment the clock struck midnight by Winnie Greco who the city readers know as a key Adams aide who's now being investigated by the Department of Investigation over potentially misusing her role in the Adams administration. In the meantime, Adams says he won't spend the money, what City Hall says could be $17 billion over five years, on a housing voucher program that the city council passed into law over his own veto. And he said lawmakers could take him to court if they had a problem with that. Speaking of having problems, and Adams aides. Uh, his old friend Phil Banks stepped on that uh, G's up or jobs up, uh, crime down message, just a little something in his last uh, public safety briefing of 2023. So the deputy mayor for public safety who got appointed to that job after admitting he'd been wrong to pal around with two guys who bribed the previous mayor, who'd hang out in his office at one police plaza smoking cigars and fly him around the world on private planes with hookers on board, declared of the press corps as they tried to ask him pretty basic questions, quote, they have no discipline, and quote, this is where the clown hour starts. That was a different clown hour. Uh, than the one where Adams said Police Commissioner Eddie Caban wasn't at a briefing because he was in the Dominican Republic, quote, doing several agreements down there, only for the NYPD to then say, presumably more accurately, that he was on a brief vacation. So who's calling who a clown? <laughs> These are sort of remarkable things for for top members of an administration, the mayor himself, but but really banks and and. These clowns, no discipline to be saying on the record. Notably, City Hall didn't provide a transcript of that briefing as they have for every previous one from this uh, deputy mayor. Uh, Chrissy, you want to jump in here for a minute? Is this all name calling and half ass bullshitting? My phrase, yeah. not yours. <laughs> like, is this part of some grander strategy or, 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 or is this just their own lack of discipline or like yeah. what's going on here? You know, Harry, I'm just. You know, I've been trying to ride with this mayor. Like, I was really excited about the potential of someone who I thought was really good politically and savvy. And I feel like the verdict might still be out about Adams himself. But it seems like more and more he surrounds himself with these, like, small-time, I'm not going to say crook scammers, but, like, just these small-time folks. And I'm putting Phil Banks in that category. The comments attacking the press. And, you know, I, I've been very open and honest about the issues I have with 
some of the New York City press corps and like what I perceive as blind spots. But I'm not a deputy mayor. And it's like, Phil Banks, why are you coming into this type of interaction with the press and just starting on this like defensive name calling, this is clown hour? Because guess what? The press might have some blind spots, but it's damn sure not clown hour. I mean, these are people who take their jobs very seriously. And just because they're investigating parts of this administration that, you know, the ship is getting leakier by the day. So, you know, I'm not a fan of Phil Banks for a host of reasons. And this goes back to him saying that stop and frisk was a figment of my imagination. Um, as a police officer, uh, I I think that if Adam if Eric Adams is going to succeed, he's got to reshuffle the deck and take a lot of those cards out of the deck and get some new cards. I just don't think that he has the people around him for him to be successful. I don't know if his ego and his personality style are going to help him in the long run. I think it's helped him get to this place. I don't know if this type of personality style will help him stay here. I think that verdict is still out. But as far as when you go to the next level, you need a different squad. And I don't think he has a squad around him to help him be successful. And starting with Philip Banks. Like, that's A number one. And I knew that, you know, when when he sort of was like, this is my good friend. He's close to me. You know, remember when he first got, when Eric Adams first got elected, it was like Phil Banks and his brother were like the two sort of, leaving Frank Corona out of it, you know, with kind of like the two people that we were talking about in early January 2022. And I was like, I don't see how this is a recipe for success. Now, the brothers largely faded into the background um, and isn't going to make that quarter of a million dollars that we were quite concerned about. But I just, you know, I think Phil Banks clearly has a vision of New York City and the press corps within it that isn't productive to this administration. So... That's those are my opening thoughts. You? I uh, I think um <laughs> I wasn't at the clown hour presser. I mean, I will say that the only news that usually comes out of Phil Banks press conferences is him being rude to people. You know, it's not like they're very informative. He kind of treats it like a junior high school intro to civics. Um and I think he also fancies himself as like a, a radio host. He used to have a radio show. So it's usually the top media haters that are just wannabes themselves. But sorry, Chrissy, you have a point. No, I, I just have a question for you because oh, I, yeah. mean, this, I think this goes back to what Harry was asking me and I didn't answer it. It's like, does he do this though? Because the story about Phil Banks has been clown hour and him saying that phrase. But again, just like the Eric Adams administration and so many people within it, we aren't talking about the substantive issues that they are, are and are not doing within the city because... The headline is Philip Banks is basically, you know, being rude to the press, which is true. But, like, are we drilling down? It's like the questions that the press were asking Phil Banks, have we gotten an answer to that? And, like, where are those in the the headlines of the stories? And I feel like that is that the part of the, the point of the administration to kind of consistently distract us a la Donald Trump mm-hmm. style. So we're talking about the performance of it as opposed to the substance substance of it. I'll say that, you know, that briefing, he had the TLC commissioner, you know, and he's the deputy mayor for public safety, right? So he he had a very perfunctory, like, let's talk about public safety. And, oh, you shouldn't drink and drive on New Year's Eve. Obviously, these are important messages, but are they incredibly pressing? Maybe not. What he was being asked by a reporter was, are you sticking around the administration? Which has been kind of a question for months of how long he's going to stay. He dips in and out of the mayor's off-topic Tuesday as he pleases, and he usually sits like sulks in the corner, (laughs) taunts reporters, whatever, curses about the questions they ask. 
I don't think it's a strategy from this administration to do it. I think they're very orderly. They, the mayor has said, do not disrupt my press conference. I love order. It's a sort of type A. I think you might see it in some police officers that like, mm-hmm. don't talk to me that way. Disrespect mm-hmm. me. You know, give me the courtesy type of thing. That's how Phil Banks is, deputy mayor. He's incredibly rude to reporters, like to their face. You try to ask him a question. He deflects. I think he's on this mission of like revenge. He was mad that reporters wrote about when he was an unindicted co-conspirator in a, um, you know, federal corruption trial. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, sorry we published your vacation photos in Israel, you know, and by, you know, Hellgate did a whole thing. So, yeah, I, I, he's just like, you know, I always say this, it's like the most boring story if the people are rude to reporters. Who cares? But it can be kind of a hostile work environment where you're just trying to do your job. It, it can be a little bit of a tell. It can be just a little bit of a tell, right? Like, I don't care. Reporters don't care. Um, you know, it, it's it, name calling is not interesting, but not having the discipline, not the name call, it can be a sign. Sometimes, it, by the way, it's a sign of somebody who's on the way out who said, uh, you know, I've, I've had just about enough of this. Yeah. I, I liked having the pop, but I want to be able to uh, cuss and call you a jerk and not answer your damn questions. I just feel like, does this go back to the larger concern that a lot of us had? Not by us, I mean, not necessarily you two, but like me and people I speak to on a daily basis, which is like Eric Adams ultimately is a cop and he surrounds himself with cops and they lie like cops and they act like cops and they're rude like cops and, you know, not not all cops. But the way a lot of people of color have had interactions with cops in the past, Bill Banks seems like the poster child for that, that kind of brash, I'm going to be rude to you before I even have a conversation with you, and I'm going to bend the truth and make me question whether or not I can even trust you as someone of authority. And that has been the concern about Eric Adams and the people that he surrounds himself with. Yeah. I um, There's a lot of questions I have about the people within the Adams circle, mainly as we brought up uh, earlier. Why was Winnie Greco there with you, Mayor Adams, and your girlfriend, partner Tracy? and the female soccer players from Gotham Football Club. Why were, of all the people who could have been up there with you, Deputy Mayor Mirazoshi was at the Times Square ball drop, Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tisch. I'm sure he had lots of other people who I did not see because I was not there. But why was it Winnie Greco up there? Now, obviously, as someone who was, you know, one of the many writers from the city who did these pieces on Winnie Greco, um, when someone sent it to me from, because you couldn't see it on TV. I watched, you know, whatever the couple seconds I saw of the mayor on TV for the ball drop wearing his weekend sweater. I didn't see her there, but someone sent me the Gotham Football Club video and I I, I, I was like stunned. And I think, you know, sources have told me the mayor, it's, it's, he doesn't, it's not so much ethics, it's legal or not. Like, he doesn't care. Oh, is it illegal to have her up there? Of course not. She's been accused formally of anything. Of course not. But I don't think he cares so much about the optics. But I, well, he said he's loyal, right? So he's yeah. like, listen, she's not in trouble. Like, she's not in prison. So why not? I mean, in some ways, he's a double downer. And, like, there is a part of me that doesn't mind double downers in my yeah, yeah. Life. I don't, You know, I it's like, hey, you, listen, yeah. if, you, if you're going to say it, say it with your chest, right? But I tend to not like double downers in my political world, especially for for politicians that I don't fully trust or agree with because I tend to be on the the opposite side of what they're doubling down on. But 
I feel like in this case, Eric Adams has been pretty consistent. He's like, I'm with, I ride with Frank, I ride with Phil, I ride with Winnie. Like, I'm not abandoning these people just because you all might have some allegations, accusations, sniffing around. So it's like, if she's my girl, she's my girl. Um, which part of me is like, uh, I, I see it. Like, I mean, you're you're loyal, but are you going to be loyal to a fault? To a fault. Um, and I think that remains to be seen. Yeah, I appreciate loyalty. But I think when you're the mayor of the city of New York, right, like, you know, what we found in our reporting was that she was misusing her role and her proximity mm-hmm. to the mayor mm-hmm. to, in one instance, tell one businessman, yeah, give me $10,000 for my charity. You can come to this Gracie Mansion event. So, like, will she use this Times Square ball drop photo video to further that? You know, right. people want to get close to the mayor. Of course, he's the mayor of New York City. Who want, right. Everyone wants to get close to him for good reasons, for bad reasons, and this just furthers that. But again, I mean, who's the mayor's advisors? Who? What are they saying? You know, I think a lot of the things that they delight in doing is like a big F you to the press. You know, you don't actually see it as much for the mayor. A lot of the people around him, they delight in right. thinking that they're sticking it to us when it's like, dude, again— but this I didn't is my see question about the mayor versus the people in his orbit. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're trying to be successful and you have people in your orbit who have a, a unique disdain for the press, but you clearly need the press, I don't understand why these – this is the edict. Because clearly it's an edict from the mayor, right? I mean, like these people wouldn't consistently behave this way if they knew the mayor would be outraged, right? So like either implicitly or explicitly, they know that it's okay to behave this way. And so – Does the mayor need to sort of reflect and realize, like, I can, you know, the old saying of, like, you know, what do you get more bees with honey than vinegar or whatever it may be? The press corps isn't just going to be nice to him just for the sake of being nice to him. But, like, let's be clear, you all can go into a meeting knowing that you won't be insulted. And I think that that does change the winds of the energy in the room. Because at the end of the day, when you have this antagonistic relationship between the mayor's orbit and the and the press, the only people who really lose out are New Yorkers. Because the administration isn't giving the press like the type of answers and access that they actually need to give us the stories that we need as taxpaying citizens. Like we're we're getting sort of this obstructionist view of New York City politics yeah, from so- his administration. On that note, bringing us to a closing hit here, I wanted to make sure we got to. So so Adams was addressing the new police academy graduates, and he's like, there's a loud minority, vocal minority in this city that just wants you doing paperwork and not policing, and they want everything to go to hell. We're not going to let those people run this city, which was widely and correctly taken as him talking about the city council and <clears throat> new bill they just passed you may or may not veto that would require police to document very briefly it appears more uh encounters with the public than they presently have to um i point out that adams is going to have to go real soon it's 9 53 a.m as i'm saying this at 10 a.m kathy hochel is going to introduce her first state of the state proposal and like you know the new legislative year is here we didn't get anything from housing last year adams has to go back up this year speaking of uh honey and vinegar, and he's got to plead for mayoral control again. They only gave him two years. Um, He had to sort of get forced into line with this uh, class size bill. I also have questions about it. He's been very critical of that's going to be very expensive. 
I go back there where, where in my view, he said he's, he's had a great run. He's had a really hard time getting anything out of Albany. Chrissy, it's two years in. This is his deck of cards, uh, you know, uh, jokers and aces and all. Uh, what can we expect from Albany this year? What does the city really need? Is there maybe some more help finally coming with migrants? I doubt it because, by the way, all the lawmakers are up for election this yeah. year. Are we finally going to get somewhere with housing? And and is there any help coming from New York City, where Eric Adams does like to talk about? It? He's pointing more at Washington, but both that there are problems that are outside the scope of what he can fairly deal with, and the city is being left to its own devices. And can he shift tone as a former you know state senator who I think thought he was going to charm there and has not been terribly successful to this yeah. point? Get at some of that help. Well, I thought that his time in Albany would really be useful as a mayor because most mayors have never spent any time with Albany and they don't fully understand the relationship between the mayor and the governor in ways that we saw, you know, with de Blasio and Cuomo and that soap opera. Um, but I, I do think that Eric Adams has to shift the narrative. You know, you know how I feel about polling. Like, I just think that modern day polling has a lot of flaws, but you can't deny 28% is 28%. Um, and, you know, when you disaggregate it, sure, he's not underwater with black folks and, you know, his base, but he's he's he's, he's trending down, in he's trending in that direction. So clearly, whatever you were saying slash doing is not resonating with the people that you need to say it to. Um, obviously, he's doubling down and tripling down on migrants. And now, you know, as of today, I think I saw Liz Kim tweeting about, you know, he's implying that migrants are the ones called causing violence. We all know all the data shows over time that migrants tend to be like the, the least criminally inclined because they don't need the heat and they don't want the smoke. So, you know, I, I don't want to start uh, dealing with a mayor that's going to start pinning migrants versus, you know, New Yorkers. It's like, we we see that strategy kind of coming down the pike with him. So if he doesn't change course, I mean, because listen, the money's not coming. Get into it. Like, figure it out. You don't have the luxury of Bloomberg of like quietly donating to various organizations to help out your administration. You don't have sort of the era of good times that de Blasio had for a smooth six years when he was bothered to be in town. Um, so the cards are the cards, Eric. S figure them out. But like, clearly this, you know, migrant narrative where it's only about migrants isn't resonating. I think he needs to talk more about what he is doing, if he is indeed doing stuff, as opposed to like, well, I can't do because Joe Biden this and, you know, Kathy Hochul that. It's like, that's not that's not the role of an executive. That's not the role of We don't want to know what you can't do. What are you doing? And what are your people doing? Which goes back to my original question to Katie and you in the beginning, which is like the people around you. Do you have the squad to even help you get some wins? Because there are wins that are possible. But do you have the people around you to help you go in that direction? Katie, closing question for you here. So so the mayor is, is talking smack about the city council. Yeah. He's talked smack about the lawmakers in Albany, and especially on the crime issue and mm -hmm. how they've screwed things up. His folks are talking smack about the, the press. He's at a, a low point. He wants to show poll-wise, presumably, 28 is, is low. He wants to show that, that he's a fighter. He thinks he's being undervalued at the moment. But do you see any signs of uh, growth or correction two years in? Or do you just see a mayor who's doubling down on the approach he's made up till now? communications-wise and policy-wise. Doubling down. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's personal growth we're not seeing, but I think it goes back to who he's surrounding himself with. 
You know, it's not even so much him. It's like, just very, sometimes, you know, it, it takes a lot of meditation and my own personal growth to not, you know, the mayor likes to excuse his, like, sometimes if he's accused of acting inappropriately or something, he says, I'm from New York. New York. He's actually answered hard, complicated questions with simply New York. So that's kind of how I feel. It's like, you know, you have a New York attitude, so do I. And, you know, I have a real deep ingrained outer borough. I grew up by the ocean, so I'm even saltier kind of thing. And it takes <laughs> a lot of energy for me to just say, okay, serenity now. I am the prize. Keep it moving. Because some of these people, like, are really rude. And it's not even so much him. It's his very well paid. And then you you read pegs and you see cuts and you see what isn't getting done in the city. And I know that my whole family lives here and pays taxes here. And I think some of these people are making a lot of money. To, to be do what? Bad at, to, yeah, to be bad at their jobs and be rude about it. So that's my closing positive 2024 note. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make any resolutions this year, so. Well, you did the polar bear plunge. Congratulations. Yeah, I do that every, thank you. I do that every year and it was very enjoyable. Um, well, with global warming, it's like, is it going to be a big deal anymore? <laughs> it's like Last year was so warm, I went in twice. I was a double dipper, but the I've Bloody Mary it. helped too. I've Chrissy, never done it. Should I Come do it? next year. My, were we doing on my block? It's it's like a party. It is a party. It's not like a party. It is a party. Are you in like a wetsuit or are you in like no. a bikini? No, well, I'm not in a bikini. I'm in a bathing suit. Okay. Well, sorry. the most trauma I did self tan <laughs> before. The, the most, the, the hardest part is like, oh, it's been a while since I've been on the beach. So, well, you know, well, you know, I have permatan because I'm always yeah. at some beach. That's why I call a bathing suit a bikini because I'm like, well, <laughs> isn't yeah. everyone in a bikini every six weeks? You know, that's, that's always my New Year's resolution to be someplace hot every six to eight weeks. Yeah. Well, my apartment's very warm, but that's a New York apartment for me. <laughs> All right. That is my closing first pod of 2024 note. New York resolutions. You. New York yourself. New York. <laughs> What's your resolution, Harry? No comments. <laughs> Text us. <laughs> <laughs> that's for after the Readers, pod. let us know your resolutions <laughs> in yeah. the comment. Email Chrissy Greer your resolution. <laughs> right. <laughs> Be nicer to people. Um, yeah, no, mine is to be in a bikini every six to eight weeks. All right. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> On that note. F-A-Q. Womp womp. All right, I got to run. No, okay. I'm right in here. Happy New Year, peeps. Ciao, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. F-A-Q. FAQ NYC is part of The City, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard-hitting journalism that serves the people of New York. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to support our work is by setting up a monthly recurring donation and going directly to thecity.nyc slash give. If you already make a monthly donation and want to add a special one-time gift, you can also do that at thecity.nyc slash give. As ever, FAQ's work is freely available to everyone at thecity.nyc, and the pod also receives support from PT Knitwear, an independent bookstore, cafe, and event space on Manhattan's Lower East Side, with a podcast studio that can be freely reserved for community use. The podcast is a proud member of the Brookhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics, and Artists, and is affiliated with the Colin Powell School at CUNY City College, where I am a Moynihan Public Scholars inaugural fellow. Our hosts for this episode were me, Christina Greer, Katie Honan, and Harry Siegel, who's also our executive producer. Our engineer is Adam Kamara. Thank you, listener, for joining us and making it this far. Be kind, be cool, be well. Happy New Year, and we'll be back soon with more. <laughs>